You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Closing out another week here on Locked On Bearcats. My name is Alex Frank, welcoming you to today's episode using all my experiences from my days as the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media Sports Director and bringing them here to Locked On Bearcats. And the next time that we will that I will be talking to you all. The next episode of Lockdown Bearcats will drop Monday, Martin Luther King Day, January 17th. It is also the final day for underclassmen to determine whether or not they are going to declare for the NFL draft or return to school. And that matters a lot here in Cincinnati. And one other thing too that we're going to talk about is the turnover that's going to be a part of the coaching staff, but Let's go back to the players returning. Let's go back to those who are not. We know Desmond Ritter. We know Jerome Ford. We know Alec Pierce. We know MyJ Sanders. We know Sauce Gardner. They are all entering the NFL draft, and that was expected. It sucks that they're not going to be returning. They could have, but they're not, and they are going to have great careers. But the players who are returning, see, the worry, I think, was for me, for you, And for everyone that follows the Bearcats, that's a fan of the program, the worry was that the depth chart was going to look like, what is this? Uh, Who's who? I mean, who's this guy? Who's that guy? It's going to look a little more recognizable. Josh Wiley returning is massive for this offense, especially for a new quarterback. Because whoever is going to be starting the quarterback, Evan Prater, Brent Bryant, maybe Brady Lichtenberg or Luther Richardson. One thing we do know that they're going to have now is not one, but two tight ends. Two tight ends who, if they continue to develop the way they have over their careers, are going to be NFL caliber NFL caliber players. They're going to be NFL draft prospects. And that is, tight ends, and you see this all the time in, in, in football, college and pro, Tight ends can be a quarterback security blanket. You know, I look at Joe Burrow with C.J. Uzama with the Bengals, and I looked at at times, actually not at times, I looked at Desmond Ritter with Josiah DeGuara. Ritter's security blanket was Josiah DeGuara in his first two seasons. DeGuara was that that guy for those easy checkdowns, you know, tight end screens. Or a little five-yard flare and DeGuara does the rest or up the middle. Tight ends are an immense security blanket for any quarterback to have. Especially when this UC receiving core is going to be largely unproven. Sure, Tyler Scott had his moments last year. Sure, Trey Tucker had his moments last year. But they have not been featured in wide receiver one or maybe even wide receiver two roles. So what's going to happen when they draw opposing teams' best corners? What's going to happen with that? Combine that with the inexperience of whoever's going to be at the starting quarterback. I think you're going to see an offense next year with Cincinnati that is going to be reminiscent of 2018 or 2019. One that was not dominated by wide receivers, but rather tight ends and the running game. The running game is interesting, though, and that's why I think it could be a 2018 version. 
And we all know 2018 was a really, really successful year for Cincinnati. But the running game is going to be it's going to be new. You're going to have guys who, yes, have played, but you're going to have, you know, guys who have played taking on larger roles, like Ryan Montgomery, like Ethan Wright. Whoever steps in at the running back position is going to have to take on a larger role. I think Ryan Montgomery is going to be your lead running back. That's fine. It's kind of like 2018. But the unique thing about that year, the difference is, you knew who the Bearcats running back in 2018 was going to be. Unfortunately, he did not play that entire season. That's Jared Dokes. So we knew Michael Warren was up next. Michael Warren ended up having a mildly successful season. Broke the school rushing record for single season touchdowns by a running back. I'm not saying Ryan Montgomery has to do that. But what I'm saying is, we have seen this situation before. Where a running back take where the running back who is the starter come the start of the season takes over the position and does mildly well. This team is going to be like that. The good news for them is that whoever is playing running back will have a very good offensive line to run behind, one that is experienced. In both terms of year in school and in terms of how many starts. So, the return of Josh Wiley, I think, has set the precedent for what this offense is going to look like. And the best part is, opposing teams now have to factor in two tight ends into their defensive game plans. And then, you hope for the development of wide receivers. You hope for the development of Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. And you hope that Nick Mardner can come in and continue to do what he did at Hawaii. But we are seeing... The identity of this offense, I believe, takes shape. The return of Josh Wiley not only is massive for whoever starts at quarterback and massive for the offensive depth chart, but it also is a tone setter for what this offense is going to look like. It's not going to look like last year's, I don't think. It's not going to be an air raid, multi-dimensional offense. It's going to be, we're going to run the football. Maybe Ben Bryant will have a say in the running game as well. I think he could because we saw a little bit of it in the Memphis game two years ago. But this is going to be an offense that runs the football straight at you. This is going to be an offense that is going to use its tight ends. This is going to be an in-the-trenches team. They may not put up the most eye-popping offensive numbers as they have had in recent years, but what they will put up because of the way they're going to play are wins, and that ultimately is how you get to the conference championship game. You think about 2019, Cincinnati was by no means the best offensive team in the conference. They were middle of the pack at best. They ended up playing for a conference championship. They ended up keeping that, those two games against Memphis relatively close. I remember saying to one of my commentating partners after the Temple game, we, we had just finished calling the game, and I remember... We looked at each other and we're like, my God, that game is going to be a blowout next week because Memphis was really freaking good offensively. Very experienced. And the Bearcats had a quarterback who, A, was a liability at the time in Desmond Ritter, and B, was injured. So who the hell? So what the hell was going to happen there? They ended up bringing in Ben Bryant. The Bearcats were competitive in that game all the way through the late in the fourth quarter. And had it not been for a crucial penalty by MyJ Sanders... That game might have turned out differently, and so too, subsequently, the season. 
But what I'm saying is, the Bearcats' defense kept them in that game. Their running game was good that day. And if you have those two things working for you, combine that with offensive line play, which paves the way for the running game, the Bearcats can compete with anybody and compete for a conference championship. Tough and nasty is the style. It's the Clifton style. It will be front and center or have to be front and center for the Bearcats to compete this year. Up next, another departing member from last year's team, this time a coach. And it definitely will leave some questions at a very key position. Especially when the Bearcats go up against teams with speed. That is next on Lockdown Bearcats. But first, I want to tell you all Bearcats fans about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called GetUpside, and my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You can just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back. And there's no need to pay full price at the pump anymore. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. So you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE for up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE for up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage. Of all the amazing offers available for 2022, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. You heard in the Bet Online live read as we continue our march to the playoffs. NFL playoffs start tomorrow. The Bengals. Hosting the Las Vegas Raiders in the wild card round. I am going to pick the Bengals to win. It's going to be a great day for Cincinnati. It's going to continue what the Bearcats have started in transforming and transitioning this city into a football town first. Historically, it's been baseball. That's fine. A lot of respect for that. But I think it's becoming a football town. Bengals will win 31-17. You'll see some UC players all across wild card weekend. You'll see Kevin Huber. On Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me, tomorrow, you'll see Jason Kelsey. On Sunday, you'll see Travis Kelsey on Sunday. You will see Mike Tomlin, who used to coach at the University of Cincinnati. Zach Taylor, of course, was a was an offensive coordinator here at Cincinnati. He is now coaching in a playoff game for the first time in his career. So a lot of Bearcats, a lot of Cincinnati alums you will see in the playoffs starting this weekend. Six incredible games. I, I, I'm picking all home teams right now. I, I am considering taking San Francisco over Dallas. 
Because like I mentioned with the Bearcats in that last segment, if you have a strong running game, which the Niners have, it's very sophisticated too. I've heard that word associated with their running game. It is a very, it is a very, very good scheme. That running game, A, can keep the ball away from a big play offense like the Cowboys, and B, they have the defense to stymie the Cowboys, especially up front with Nick Bosa. And I go back to Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati, if they are able to continue their strong defensive identity, which has been remarkable over the last four years, even in 2019, when it gave up a few, when it gave up more points per game than it did in 2018 like that was still a very very good defense they thrived on turnovers but it was it was still a very very good defense that shut down the likes of UC, that limited the likes of UCF that limited um Memphis in two games even though they gave up 400 plus yards in the championship game Memphis had to work for it so they're used to playing against very good offenses now, one thing the Niners won't have for them on Sunday is something the Bearcats have had for years. The Niners' secondary is its not very good, A, because they're not healthy, and B, the players they have just aren't really that good. The Bearcats have had an incredible secondary over the last few years. But as was announced yesterday morning, Thursday, uh, cornerbacks coach Perry Iliano is heading to Ohio State to assume the same position. And there's a lot of emotions I'm sure that you have with that. You have, you know, sadness because he's leaving. Maybe a little jealousy that he's going, a little anger, a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That just, that, that feeling that of, <clears throat> of course he's going to Ohio State, that team up by 71. And... I think you can also feel happy for him that he's taking a he's taking a big time assistant coaching position, position group position coaching Ohio State. But what this says about the program is that this coaching staff, it's now being developed. You know, we, we we talked about for years the continuity of the coaching staff, the fact that Luke Fickle had his same offensive and defensive coordinators for four consecutive years. No program, I mean, that, that is so rare for any program. You see coaching turnovers all the time, coaching staff turnovers all the time at the SEC. I mean, Nick Saban's been through, I can't even count how many offensive coordinators in the in his time in Alabama. He's had, what, Bill O'Brien now, he's had Steve Sarkeesian, he's had um, Lane Kiffin. A handful. He said he's had many defensive coordinators. Um, you know, I'm blanking here for a minute. Uh, Kirby Smart to a handful of others. And you're seeing that at the SEC. Now you're going to see it at Cincinnati. If you want to be a top 10 program, you've got to be able to overcome coaching staff turnover. And we've seen it already. Mike Trestle came in. And remember what I talked about? How sometimes when you're given the keys to such a shiny car, it's so hard sometimes and so pressurizing when your only chief responsibility is to not screw it up. Mike Trestle came in, and I know a lot of you wish he had changed the, the scheme from 3-3-5 to 4-whatever, four, 4-down four linemen, 
And I agree with that because we saw teams like Alabama run straight up the gut against Cincinnati. But Mike Trestle came in, and that defense was still pretty good. I mean, they shut down a Notre Dame offense that ended up being really good. They held UCF to just 21 points. They held SMU to 14 points in less than 200 yards of offense. They held Houston to 20 points, and they sacked Clayton Toon eight times in that game. And let's be honest, Mike Trestle came in and did a very and did a good job, I thought. Did you want him to do better? Yes. So whoever comes in to replace Perry Iliano, this is going to be a challenge. Because who is going to step up at cornerback? You know, is it going to be Justin Harris? Is it going to be J.Q. Hardaway? Just to name a few. I mean, there is going to, there is immense talent being replaced at corner. And now you're going to have a new head coach, a new coach at corner. Now, the unique thing about this is, when you're starting completely anew, it's going to be new players, new coach. So a complete fresh start. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. It's sometimes not a bad thing. We saw it in Philadelphia with the Eagles. You know, the Eagles decided to, you know, start a new quarterback. Rip up what they've been doing with Carson Wentz, bring in a whole new offense with Jalen Hurts, new head coach, and Nick Sirianni. Look where they're going to the NFL playoffs. The Bengals, the Bengals started anew in 2019. They eventually got a new quarterback. They're now in the playoffs. So Cincinnati's going to have that at corner. And I know there are some good receivers in this conference. There will be good receivers once UC joins the Big 12. But another challenge is going to be whoever replaces Perry Iliano at corners or whether, you know, Mike Trestle takes on or, or whether, you know, whoever replaces him, they will find a new replacement at corners. Whoever replaces Perry Iliano is going to have a challenge because you don't know who's going to be a corner. You look at the cornerbacks that are on this roster. Todd Bumpus, Issa Jarman, Taj Ward, Malik Rainey, Casey Kirk, Jonah Lytle. Like when I mention those players, do you even know of them? No offense to them because some could step up. Sauce Gawker, we didn't know who he was. He was fifth on the depth chart in fall camp in 2019. He ended up being a freshman All-American. Now, what we've seen here is a corner can step in, in the case of Sauce Gardner, can step in, make an impact, and never lose his starting job, not allow a touchdown, and be an All-American twice. We have seen that. And we've also seen that with Desmond Ritter. One thing about Ritter's legacy is that it is proven to any quarterback in the country that they can come to a school like Cincinnati and develop for four years into a first-round first draft pick. And especially when Cincinnati joins the Big 12, and there's going to be more scouts at games. There's going to be more scouts at practice. Because unfortunately, that group of five attachment will still be with Cincinnati. It will be more prevalent next year. If it wasn't prevalent this year enough, which it was, it will be more prevalent next year. And I'm going to tell you why. Because... Of all the starters the Bearcats are losing, all the first-round draft picks, mid-round draft picks, that they are losing. Two of them, Sauce Gardner, who's going to be a first-round pick, Kobe Bryant will probably be 
a mid-round pick, and they're losing their cornerbacks coach. This is what happens when you are a top ten program. If they can, if the Bearcats can overcome that, you know, get a new cornerbacks coach, you know, develop some guys who I don't they don't have to be who Sauce Gardner was. They don't have to be as dominant as he was. They just have to be effective. They have to be good. That's all they have to be. But you can come to Cincinnati as a coach, positions coach, and you can have great talent to work with. You can develop them, and then you can, you know, they move on to the NFL as players. You move on to, you know, apparently a power, you know, a power five coaching job like Perry Iliano did at Ohio State. That's another great, another great, what's the word I'm looking for? A great benefit to coming to Cincinnati. That's another payoff to you personally that you can get when you come to Cincinnati. More next on Locked on Bearcats. All right, so we're two weeks into the new year, and there's still New Year's resolutions you can make. It's not too late. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because it will make it easier to stick to your resolution because Built Bar tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, and nobody really wants that. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, but they also contain 17 grams of protein. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, I know it can be difficult. You can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So that way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com. Here's an offer. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. And get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, I've been teasing it all week. We're finally going to get to it. The top 10 games of Desmond Ritter's Bearcats career here in Cincinnati. There, I mean, there's a lot. Some I've left off the list. Some... I have ranked lower than maybe you might think, but that's just because there's so many of them. So, without further ado, here we go. The top 10 games of Desmond Ritter's career. We will start at number 10. I'm going to go with his performance at USF this year. 31 of 39 for 304 yards and two touchdowns through the air. He was also 65 yards rushing on the ground on 13 carries with a touchdown. He also had a three-yard reception in the game. He also set a school record in that game for passing touchdowns. Desmond Ritter in at USF was fantastic. Overcame an early pick six to lead the Bearcats to a 45-28 win. Number nine, I'm gonna go back to the season opener of 2019. Desmond Ritter had to go silent count the whole second half. He lost his voice against UCLA. It was the season opener of his second season, a season where Cincinnati had so many high expectations. Desmond Ritter in that game at that time had one of his highest career passing yard totals. In fact, I think it was one of only a handful of games in 2019 where he racked over 200 yards. In only 13 in 13 starts that year, Ritter only had four games with 200 or more passing yards. He was 18 of 26 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. He also added 34 rushing yards on nine carries in that game. A great performance for Desmond Ritter against UCLA with a hoarse voice. We'll go to number eight. 
We'll go back to the season finale of the 2018 season against ECU. On senior day, Desmond Ritter, the Bearcats coming off a tough loss to UCF. I thought Ritter was really efficient in this game. He was 20 of 29 for 335 yards and four touchdown passes, uh, multiple deep ball touchdown passes. The Bearcats winning 56-6 to wrap up a 10-win season and really set the stage and create high expectations for both Ritter and the program going forward. Let's go to number seven. This was the first of a five-game stretch for Desmond Ritter in 2020 where he cemented his status as the quarterback of the Bearcats football program and one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and that was the game at SMU. It was the first of the game, the first game in three weeks for Cincinnati coming off of a COVID uh, absence, not from anything within their program. Or I'm sorry, yes, they they had COVID issues within their program, but Desmond Ritter in that game through the air was only 13 of 21 for 126 yards and a touchdown, but it was on the ground where he did his damage. 19 carries, I'm sorry, eight carries for 179 yards and three touchdowns and three touchdowns. You think about that. 179 yards on eight carries is an average of 22.4 yards a carry. That's two more than two first downs per carry. Remarkable. We go to number 6 of Ritter's top 10 games of his career. We stay in 2020, the game against Houston at home. He was 17 of 27 for 162 yards and a touchdown, but he also ran for three more touchdowns, 103 yards on the ground and 12 touchdowns. He had a loan of 32. Ritter had a stretch of five games from the SMU game to the UCF game that year where he rushed for 11 touchdowns and he passed for... And he passed... For, why is my math blanking on me here? He passed for 10. So he had 10 touchdown passes to 11 rushing touchdowns to 11 rushing touchdowns just a remarkable run for Desmond by the way yeah it was 11 just a remarkable run he was on you might see another game from that stretch in the top 10 we go to number five we go to the SMU game in 2018 I don't know how many of you remember this game you might remember this game more so for Cole Smith having to kick three field goals just to get one on the scoreboard to send the game to overtime. SMU iced him twice. The third kick was about to go wide right, but it, it snuck back in. It sent the game to overtime. James Wiggins walked off SMU with the pick six. But what Desmond Ritter had to do in that game, he had to make a crucial throw on the game-tying field goal drive to set it up. And Desmond Ritter in that game, Bearcats had lost the previous week at Temple, so they had fallen out of the AP Top 25 after cracking in for the first time in six years or however long it was, and we were wondering how good the Bearcats were going to be in their ability to respond on the road, and they did just that. Desmond Ritter was 33-50 of 50 for 352 yards and two touchdowns, overcame two interceptions. He rushed for 47 yards on 17 carries. Tremendous display of resilience on the part of him after a not-so-great game at Temple the week prior, and a really good resilient bounce-back win for Cincinnati. Now we move on to number four. We stay in 2018. This was his breakout game. This was the game where we knew Desmond Ritter was the real deal at quarterback. The first time around. Because he had some struggles in 2019 and early on in 2020. But against Ohio, leading a comeback from down 24 or 21 to nothing. Ritter in that game, 19 of 29 for 274 yards and two touchdowns. He also added a rushing touchdown, 28 yards on 10 carries. 
The Bearcats coming from behind to beat Ohio, ascend to 4-0, really cement the status of Desmond Ritter and his ability to lead the Bearcats to win games. And also, when the Bearcats got down, you never felt like they were out of it. Statement win for Ritter and company that day. Let's go back to 2020, number three, at UCF. Always a tough environment for Cincinnati, a tough opponent. But on this day, November 21st of 2020, a game in which the Bearcats ascended to 8-0, Ritter was 21 of 32 for 338 yards and two touchdowns, and he also added 57 rushing yards on 14 carries and two touchdowns. He also did not throw a pick. The Bearcats trailed in that game in the fourth quarter. Derek forced a huge interception. The Bearcats ultimately took the lead and went on to win a very tight game, 36-33. They were down 14-3 early, but give Ritter credit. Touchdown passes to Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor sealed the deal on touchdown rushes as well. Sealed the deal for the Bearcats, kept their undefeated season alive, eventually leading to a New Year's Six bull berth and conference championship. Let's go to 2021 where the top two games of Ritter's career are. We begin with his senior day performance against SMU where he threw for multiple touchdowns. He caught a touchdown. He walked out with his daughter Layton on senior day in a game that the Bearcats many thought were on upset alert. Desmond Ritter on the first play of the game hit Tyler Scott 56 yards for a touchdown and they never looked back in a 48-14 win. Ritter was fantastic in this game and the orchestrator of the offense that he was for his for the last six games or seven games of 2020 and all of 2021 his final numbers from that game he was 17 of 23 for 274 yards and three touchdowns he added 46 rushing yards on three attempts and one touchdown he also had a receiving touchdown so Ritter four touchdowns total on the day no interceptions but the number one game because it was the biggest win of his career, the biggest win for the Bearcats in school history, at Notre Dame where he was flawless. Yes, his completion percentage was under 60%, but he still delivered when he had to. 19 of 32 for 297 yards and two touchdowns. A lot of his incompletions came early on in that game. He also added a rushing uh, touchdown, 26 yards on 10 carries. Ritter overcoming a lot in that game, being on the road, Notre Dame roaring back to make it a 17-13 game. Ritter puts a dime to Leonard Taylor on the money. 36-yard completion on the final drive. A fantastic performance by Desmond Ritter. Those are my top 10 games of Desmond Ritter's career. His legacy, we're not done talking about that yet because I feel like there's still multiple different angles you can take on it, but it is just a remarkable career filled with a Many, many great games, many highlight reel plays, many highlight reel performances. Desmond Ritter, um, I'm going to talk about him and the Ring of Honor at Nippert Stadium next week. We're going to talk about what he has said as far as other quarterbacks who now come through this program. It's a remarkable uh, career with a lot to remember, reminisce on, and add to his legacy. Been a great week here on Lockdown Bearcats. Uh, the Bearcats hit the road Sunday to take on Wichita State in men's basketball. That's a crucial game. Um, the Roundhouse is never an easy place to play. The Bearcats won three straight games there. I understand that. A tough loss there last year. Win on the road this Sunday, get to 3-2 and two in conference play. And you're starting to look at the schedule, and you see a lot of opportunities for wins. You host Tulsa on Thursday. Then you have a lot of time off before you go to Temple and ECU, so... 
the opportunity to get some road wins and grow closer together and being able to win on the road. More on that, more on who's returning, who's entering their name into the NFL draft, who's going to enter the transfer portal. A lot more who's going to replace Perry Allen, a cornerbacks coach, maybe a guest on next week. So much to get to with the Cincinnati Bearcats on Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you, as always, for joining us and making us your first listen of every day. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore. And you can email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com, all lowercase. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. And to you all, have a great weekend. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. I think the Bengals will win 31-17. Over the Raiders, they will advance to the the divisional round, more importantly, and this city's 31-year playoff win drought when it comes to the NFL football. This city will be a football town in full force come Monday. Saturday night, really. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. Enjoy your weekend. We will be back on Monday.